Hey, welcome to the She Heard podcast hosted by author and speaker Laurie Green Westlake. On the She Heard podcast, we cover everything from a woman's role in the church to deep and unexpected dives into your favorite Bible heroes. Laurie's passion is to equip women with courage, boldness, and bravery through biblical study and inspiring narrative. Be sure to check out lauriegreenwestlake.com for additional resources. Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody, and it's Laurie Green Westlake with you. And I have a very special, kind of parenthetical show tonight because what I want to do is add an addendum to my latest podcast, the one just before this, about the three things to beware. And if you listened, you know it's three questions to beware. But I thought about it all day and I thought, oh, there's something major I left off. And then after we talk about that, I want to share a little something about dreams and visions and where I stand on that today, because there's a lot of discussion about that in other podcasts and in Christian circles, as there seems to be, I guess, with this new Dolly Parton reveal that she had a dream and has written a song about the Lord based on this dream that um, I, I haven't actually heard her talk about it. I've heard other people talk about it. So I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but it might be something worth looking up. But it's it's kind of got everybody buzzing about can dreams and, and visions be real? And and some people are even saying in an entertainer, and I say, of course they can. And I'll explain more about that after I add my addendum. And before I even add my addendum, I need to say, as many of you know, my daughter is the one that started me doing podcast and we just love it. And we set up a podcast studio in my walk-in closet. And that is where I'm talking to you from right now, actually looking at a clothes hamper of dirty clothes. And I am sitting in my closet with a microphone talking to you. But my daughter, we kind of came to this agreement that she would do the intros to the podcast. And she starts the podcast with this is brave girl well we changed our name a lot of reasons we did that but right now we are called she heard h-e-a-r-d as in she listened and she heard that's based on romans when paul tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god well we women we women that are Christians, we have heard the word of God and we believe and we are going to transform the world, at least what's left of it before the return of Christ. So let me just get started with my addendum to last night's podcast, or I, I actually um recorded it last night, but you may have listened to it at this point a couple of days ago. But we talked about Eliab, David's older brother, and how he set out in his anger to distract or uh, discredit David before David took the field and clobbered the eight-foot giant Goliath. So, Eliab asked David, why are you here? 
and who's keeping the flock? You, you've left your little bitty responsibility to come out here, and who's who's watching guard for you? I mean, that's a really a faithless question, because God is always watching guard over His flock, and Jesus is. And then he goes on to taunt him a little bit, and in the in in the podcast, I talked about how we cannot let people distract us from our mission, distract us from our battle, to step in with these questions that make us wonder if we were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Because the last question Eliab asked was, I know, or said, was, I know your, your evil heart. I, I know that you are not here out of honor. I know you're here because you're prideful, because we know that David had been anointed the future king of Israel. And by the common practices of the days, the firstborn should have been that chosen future king, and the firstborn was Eliab. But instead, Samuel anointed by God's choosing David, the eighth son. So there's a lot of dynamics going on in David's family. And Eliab steps in, says the three things. Uh, Why are you here? Placing doubt. Who did you leave the sheep with? Placing guilt. And then you have an insolent heart. You are wicked. And put that lie upon David. Well, We talked about that, and we talked about my own story and about your story. When people want to speak in and discourage you, that the thing that you need to do is walk away and not engage, because these are are attempts by Satan. I'm not saying that people go, oh, Satan, how can I stop her from doing what she's called to do? No, Satan just plants little seeds in people's minds like he did Eliab and says, you know, this is wrong. David is the wrong choice. And Eliab acted on that verbally. And so here's the addendum. Here's what I want to say to you tonight, because I think it's important when we're walking away, when we do a pivot and about face, like I'm not going to listen to this I'm because I am here to accomplish something. And I don't know, that may be something at work. It may be something in your personal life. It may be something at church, something at Sunday school, something in your Bible study, something in your girlfriend group. But if you've been called to do or say something, to fight a battle, and when I say fight a battle, I don't mean literally pull out a sword. I mean a spiritual battle or where you are going to speak truth into something, as David spoke truth, but he literally took a giant down. But he did it in truth, because the truth was Israel would be victorious, and she still will be. So I think it's important for us to know who we are if we are not going to believe the lies of the enemy that sometimes come through innocent people. What The people are not our problem. The spiritual darkness is our problem. So I wanted to read to you some of my favorite titles that we are called by God and by Christ. And I'll, I'll give you the reference if you want to look these up, but I'll, I'll hurry along because we have several things to cover tonight. We are called partakers 
Let me say that again. We are called partakers of the glory to be revealed. That's 1 Peter 5, 1. We are partakers of the glory to be revealed. That means when Jesus' glory is revealed, we partake in that. That's huge. That right there is enough to make my day. But there's more. There's so much more. There's hundreds of these. I've just picked out 12. We are called a doer of the work. Well, whose work? God's work. So you're his doer. To get the work done, he has decided to do it through you and I and the church, whatever church that is and however it looks, as long as it is uh, telling the gospel and uh, believes that Christ is who he says he is. So you're a doer. So if you're feeling like you're not up to the any task that God gave you, then you you have some work to do because you were born to be a doer. The next one is the habitation of God. We are the habitation of God, and that is Ephesians 2.22. And going off that theme, we are a spiritual house, 1 Peter 2.5. The Lord chooses to inhabit us, to be within us. This is his dwelling place. And that alone, ponder that for a while, that's a miracle. We are also called a spiritual house. That's 1 Peter 2.5. I said that before. Sorry. We are beloved. Song of Solomon 5.1. That is one of my very favorites. You are loved. And God calls you beloved. We are children of the Lord. Deuteronomy 14.1. Fellow laborers. Philippians 4.3. Oh, my goodness. We're just not laborers that he sends out. And he does. But we are fellow laborers. He works not above us as a dictator. He works beside us, which is a beautiful picture of a leader and what a Christian leader should be. We are heirs of the promise. We are going to inherit the promise, the promise says, plural, of eternity. Philippians 4.3. No, I'm sorry, that's Hebrews 6.17. We're the holy priesthood, according to 1 Peter 2.5. You're a priest and you're holy, according to God's anointing. I love this one. This one is 1 Samuel 17.26. We are the armies of the living God. We are the, we are his power. We are the forces that Take territory for him. Ooh, I love that. And then we are the children of the promise, Galatians 4, 8. We we are the birthrights of the promise. Ooh, that's so rich. And then I've saved one of my favorites for number 12, and that is a bride adorned for her husband in Revelation 21, 2. We are male and female. The bride adorned for her husband. And all these years, for you women, we have been playing that role leading up to the real act, the real deal behind the veil on the other side of the shadow lands. And that is the role we've been playing. And we will have many podcasts about that in the future. So please always stay tuned and always keep looking to see what's new and what's up. Well, I wanted to quickly jump into... What I promised you, I talk about dreams and visions because of all the talk about Dolly Parton. Bless her heart. I mean, 
this this is no young chickling. This is a woman of experience who's been around the block a time or two, and um, she seems real to me. Like I said, I've never heard her do talk about this particular dream she had, but I can't say I know anything about her that would discredit this. And so I wanted to talk just a minute with you about it. And in Acts 2.17, Peter is is talking about how the Holy Spirit has fallen upon all these people, and they're speaking in tongues, and some of the Pharisees and legalistic people around were looking at them going, they're drunk. And Peter was was defending the Holy Spirit's work in these people and said, and he's quoting Joel, the prophet Joel from the Old Testament, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And then you will be shown signs and wonders. So here we are in the New Testament after Christ has arisen, and we're being told that in the last days, in the last days. And I know that Jesus, who is working through these disciples, he's ascended, but his spirit is there and working through these disciples, knows everything. So he knows there's already a New Testament completed. It hadn't happened then, but he knows the future. And still, Peter's allowed to quote Joel that in the last days. Now, you know the theology that... um some denominations, the one that I grew up in, my spiritual growing up, was in a denomination of that was very conservative. And they teach that when the New Testament was fulfilled, the perfect had come and there was no reason for prophecy, new revelation, um, and that these gifts of tongues and prophecies and dreams were no longer needed and were dead. And so through my own journey, and I've talked a little bit about that, and I will be talking more about it, during my time in that denomination, I had a vision. And from there came many dreams, and I would love to talk about those too. But what I want to tell you about quickly is a particular vision I had. We had been to... Africa, working on a Bible translation project, our whole family, we took our kids, and we were back because we'd had a teenager who had, he was our son, or is our son, and he'd gotten into drugs, and my family were taking care of him because he couldn't be in Africa with us because of some of the problems that he might could cause through drug abuse. You can't get you can't get someone out of an African prison. There's no rights there. So we sent him home to be with my parents. There were lots of problems, and we ended up coming back. And when we came back, I was so broken over leaving the mission field and over my husband walking away from his dream to be a Bible translator so that we could come home and rescue this son. And I had put the younger two children into public school and had during this interim when we were back and we really thought we would move back to Africa, to Equatorial Guinea. And I was able to spend hours in my bedroom on my knees searching for answers because this was just a devastating interruption 
in our plans to serve the Lord in this way. Not to mention, I had a child running wild on the streets that I could not get control of, who turned into a full-blown addict. And um, I, I just spent a lot of time pleading with the Lord, crying to the Lord, looking for answers. This doesn't make sense, Lord. And one day, I was in prayer, and suddenly I wasn't. Suddenly, I was on a hillside looking at a woman on a white horse. And the woman had a staff in her hand, and the banner at the top of the staff said Jesus. And she was in front of a hill. Her horse, you know, he had his head down, like, and, you know, those puffs that a horse will do out their nostrils, you know, like, they're they're ready, and he was kind of pawing at the dirt. And this woman had her chin just, like, flint pointed at this hill and and I just knew I just knew this woman is about to take that hill the enemy is on the other side of that hill and she is about to take that hill get to the top and she is going to kick some butt on the other side of the hill didn't see what was there but I was getting very encouraged and then the woman looked and she looked at me and I was like oh what what that's me And then I watched me put my hand on the back of that horse, turn and look behind me. And then the the picture of where I was kind of spanned out. Um, Yeah, like I'm I'm using my hands like we do on the screen when we want to get a a picture bigger. But it, it, it panned out. And there was a sea of women on white horses about to take this hill. And that has been a vision I have held on to for 20 years now, knowing that God was showing me that even though things weren't working out the way we planned or thought they should, that He had a mission for me. And Despite feeling like a failure as a mother and a wife to my husband, that we couldn't control this son, who was actually my own son from a previous marriage. And just having all these questions about the Lord and what He would be doing with us now, He showed me that I would be leading a a, a herd... (laughs) A herd of women warriors. And that's kind of how we came up with the she herd, but it's H-E-A-R-D. But we are a herd, H-E-R-D, of women warriors. And I want to tell you, these are the two scriptures that I stand on whenever someone calls me something different, when someone calls me arrogant or controlling or aggressive or driven. Well, I'll take the driven part, but I say I am more than a conqueror, according to Romans 8, 37. And then in Jeremiah 51, 20, the Lord tells me and you, you are my war cub, my weapon for battle. And we know that we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities in the air. Well, this certainly hasn't been a short little addendum. I've gone quite a long time 
packing in a lot of stuff, but I had promised that my next podcast would be a practical look at things you can do to battle in in your everyday life. Because I keep calling people to be brave and courageous. And someone finally said, well, can you give us some practical look at looks at what that is and what it looks like? So I'm going to leave you with one tonight, one idea. And then in the next few podcasts, I'll sprinkle these ideas and maybe have one that is nothing but ideas, but I'll, I'll just, we'll just kind of drop these seeds and nuggets. And this is my first practical challenge. Throughout the scriptures, Paul tells us to encourage one another. And we are to encourage each other as the, as the days get darker and harder. And since COVID, the assembling together has really been challenged because 47% of the church is people in the church have not returned to church. And, and some of that, you know, maybe working out in other ways. But the scriptures that I look at that call us to encourage each other and even the not forsaking of assembling together is about being face to face to encourage each other. It's not necessarily whatever you do, you have to go to church every Sunday and sit in a pew and face a pastor. Listen to him preach, go get your kids and go get in the car. That is not assembling. Assembling is loving each other, ministering to each other, and encouraging one another. So what I'd like to challenge you to do practically, something that the enemy loathes, he loathes it when we encourage one another. So I'm going to challenge you today to pick two people, two people that you may not talk to every day. Maybe it's someone at work you don't see every day or or, uh, another mother at your children's school. I'm sure two people are coming to mind. And I want you to write them an encouraging note about the godly qualities that you see in them. You see, when someone else speaks your godly quality, like I had a pastor one time tell me, my gosh, Laura, you've got the gift of faith. And and I was like, wait, what? I have the gift of faith? And it's like it settled in my heart because he said it and then I repeated it and we both believed it. We both bought it. So when you look at someone else and you go, you know what? You've got the gift of mercy or you are so kind. I see you at church and I see you loving on the children. You're truly a lover of tomorrow's warriors. I don't know. You pick out the godly attributes that you recognize in two people and either email it to them, put it on a sticky note on their desk, or actually go all the way to get an envelope, write their name on it, put a stamp on it and mail it. It will mean so much because that is exactly what the enemy doesn't want us doing. And that's why COVID and the shutdowns and the being separated has been devastating to the body of Christ. Let's change that. Okay. Wow. This has been my longest podcast yet. So obviously I have trouble sticking with the plan, but I hope that you will continue to listen. Check me out at lauriegreenwestlake.com where I've written a ton of blogs. I'm a major blogger and a writer, and I've written two fiction books about a woman, an ordinary woman, who uh, I hope encourages you to be brave, and a Bible study that really will help balance what your call is. You have a personal call and you have a corporate call. 
Our corporate call is the Great Commission, something not a lot of people know about or want to talk about. So um, great insight into that book, and it's called God's Will, Unraveling the Mystery. So that's it for tonight. So appreciate you. I appreciate your support. I appreciate you being a warrior for the Lord. Bye now.